Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to your favorite RBA podcast and mine, primarily because it's the only RBA podcast uh, that is regularly scheduled anyway. And uh, that podcast, of course, is This Week in Fake Ball. I'm your host, Jeff Hobbs, and today is November the 6th, 2022. This is episode 37 of the podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. I've got a lot to cram in here with a very, very special ending. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we will hear from J.R. Richardson, none other than his wretchedness, will make an appearance on this episode of Fake Ball, this to happen at the end of the episode. All right. So the first thing that I want to talk about, let's see, the first thing that I want to talk about is RBA 2022 and the first round playoff series that occurred between the Dunedin Clear Blues and the Berea Bombers. I'm not going to go into too much detail here as everything you need to know has already been written up in a rather lengthy email by J.R. Richardson, but it began with what J.R. called the Brian Reynolds show, a four for four game with a pair of home runs and Berea wins game one. Dunedin then tied the series thanks to a big home run by Schwindel or Schwindel, however you say his name. He, uh, he hit a home run as he is wont to do on this disc, maybe not so much on the next one. So it's a 1-1 series, and then Berea takes game three, and then in game four, we have a no-hitter. That's the big news, the first postseason no-hitter in RBA history by Shane Bieber, thrown by Shane Bieber and his uh, Berea Bombers take a, what, a three-to-one lead in the series, and then they win game five as well. So Berea is going back to the World Series I believe for the first time since 2017. Congratulations to Mike Capatos, and also congratulations are in order, I think, to Josh Tingler. His Dunedin Clear Blues have had a nice long run of competitive seasons, and uh, I think they're probably going to start a rebuild next season, but it's been quite a string of highly successful regular seasons with a couple of world championships in 2019 and 2020, I believe it was. Or 20, was it 2020 and 2020? Yeah, 2019 and 2020. Anyway, um, so yeah, congrats really uh, to both coaches. Okay, so um, the next thing that I've got scheduled for this episode of Fake Ball, and I've got to lead into this because it makes JR angry, and that's a good thing. Here you go. Yes, we're going to go hunting for clues. We're going to go hunting for clues because this is RBA trivia. Let me turn that down a bit. That's going to be the lead into RBA trivia from now on because JR told me he abhors this song. So what better reason to play it, right? Uh, Anyway, RBA trivia. Let's see how many clues we can find. Actually, this one is not to be taken seriously at all. Uh, Not that you would really take any of my RBA trivia questions that seriously, but especially not this one. So here's the RBA trivia question for you all. Okay, this is for the old timers in the league. The people who've been around since the uh, old era, which is I think more than half the league, me, John, uh, Cooper, Chad, JR, of course, uh, the Fort Dunedin coaches and both Tinglers, uh, especially for the coaches who've been around since the really, really early days, I think. But anyway, here's the trivia question. The trivia question is as follows. 
JR's old program, okay, JR's old calculator-based program, which he then quickly moved to a computer, used to use a random number generator. And the lowest number, so the random number generator would spit out um, results between zero and one, according to a uniform distribution. And the lowest numbers were the best numbers for the hitter. And my question is, I'm just wondering if the old school people can remember this. What were the first four categories of play calls going from the lowest numbers, like zero to zero, uh, zero to point zero five was the first category. What were the first four play calls that you would get going from zero to point oh five, point oh five to point one two five? 0.125 to 0.25 and 0.25 to 0.4. I believe those were the cutoffs. JR can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's right. Who remembers those four play calls, the ones that were the best for the hitters? We'll come back to this later on in the podcast. Okay, uh, now for the main part of today's episode, and that is talking about the 2016 ass and champions matches. So I think I've got everything fired up here. Let's do our usual announcements. First, we'll do the ass match. All right, so your challenger from the year 2016 with an RBA record of, give, get this, 37 and 125, an all-time record for futility, ineptitude, and all the bad things, uh, an average of 43.0 replay wins across 20 of those. The 2016, of course, Las Vegas effect. And let's pull up the roster for this dreadful mess of a franchise, of a, of a, of a team. Hang on one second. Okay, so the pitching staff was in some order. Aaron Nola, Daniel Norris, Jeff Samarja, Matt Whistler, and Chris Rusin. Uh, they didn't really have relievers at all. Um, none worth talking about, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Jose Fernandez had died by season's end. And the lineup against righties, Starling Marte, Rajay Davis, Freddie Freeman, Jonathan Lucroy, Jock Peterson, Jose Reyes, Jake Lamb, and Starlin Castro. That's, that's the team you're looking at, the team that finished with the worst re uh, regular season in RBA history. And the current ass... The defending champions, kind of, uh, with a record, an RBA record, an actual record of 49 wins and 113 losses. That's right. We're talking about two sub-50 win teams here. A 57.3 average replay wins from 2015, just the season before. The Fort Duquesne Corsairs. And let's pull this team up to take a look at what, what gems await us. All right, well, it looks like uh, looks like it went Clayton Kershaw. The, the rotation sounds impressive. Clayton Kershaw was a 21Z that year. Justin Verlander sounds impressive, right? He was a six. So it's Kershaw and then everybody else. The rotation was Kershaw, Verlander, Ryan Vogelsong, uh, Mike Bolsinger, and Robbie Ross. Uh, probably no relievers of note. No, there weren't. <laughs> um all right, let's take a look at their lineup against righties. Matt Carpenter at third base, Coco Crisp, Andrew McCutcheon batting third, Mike Napoli hitting cleanup, Kevin Kiermeyer in the five spot, Brian Pena, the catcher, Jason Kipnis at second base, and Adani Hecavaria playing shortstop and batting eighth for this god-awful team. And let's see how 
the ass match turned out. Oh, you're all you're all waiting with bated breath for this, I'm sure. You 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 bought the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Here goes. Um, yeah, let me let me pull this up here. Game one was a three to nothing victory for the 2015 Corsairs. That's right. Your 2016 Las Vegas effect got shut out by another god-awful team in the very first game. In fact, they got two hit by Clayton Kershaw and then a couple of relief pitchers. Only two hits, no runs for the effect in that game, and they went down one nothing in the series. Game two. All these games were in Fort Duquesne, by the way, because that's how I do things. The defending champion gets home field. Game two was an 8-4 to four final in favor of the 2015 Corsairs again. Looks like uh, Vegas actually hit a pair of home runs. Davis and, and uh, Reyes homered for the for the effect, but the team was only able to get seven hits against Fort Duquesne's uh, 13, and they fall down 2-0 in the series. Who's not who's not rooting for Las Vegas to actually lose this series and become the ass is what I want to know. All right, game three. Game three was a 15-7 drubbing by, get this, the 2016 effect. They came out swinging in this game. They had three different four-run innings and a three-run inning. They only scored in four of the nine innings, but they, they scored three or four runs in all of them. No home runs, despite the fact that they hit 15, or they scored 15 runs. They also lost Rajay Davis for seven days and Jose Reyes for eight, so that's not good. Uh, but anyway, they just, they brutalized Ryan Vogelsong and Justin Masterson and Singrani of the Corsairs. It's a two-to-one series lead for the Corsairs now. Game four, the Corsairs win five-to-one. Las Vegas goes back to not hitting. Oh, they did get eight hits, I guess, but only one run against the Corsairs five. Um, yeah. So not a whole lot to talk about in that game. Uh, Fort Duquesne goes up 3-1 in the series. Finally, game five rolls around. Let's see. The final of that game is 11-3, Fort Duquesne. 11-3, a beating, basically. Robbie Ross pitched pretty well for Fort Duquesne. He went six strong, allowed just one earned run. And that was all she wrote for, for uh, well, for Las Vegas until the next time they play because they are the new asses of this RBA replay series. So there you go. We've got a new ass for the, actually for the, boy, that's a bunch in a row now that I'm looking at it. We have not had a repeat ass in a while. Um, actually, I'll, I'll quickly run through the history here. So 02 Chicago beat 01, or I should say lost to 01 Tallahassee to become the first ass. Then they, then they lost to 03 Vegas, 04 State College, and 05 Elm Grove. And then 06 Arizona lost to 02 Chicago to become the ass. They then lost to 07 Gulf Coast and 08 Orlando, that good old 06 team of mine. Then 09 State College fell to 06 Arizona to become the next ass. They fell to 2010 State College. Uh, I should be clear in how I say this. 09 State College beat 06, uh, hang on, 09 State College lost to 06 Arizona to become the new ass. They then lost to 2010 State College, who became the new ass who then lost to 2011 Fort Duquesne, who became the new ass, who then lost to 2012 SoCal, who became the new ass, who then lost to 2013 Silver City, who became the new ass, who then lost to 2014 Arizona, who became the new ass, who then lost to 2015 Fort Duquesne, who became the new ass, who now lost to 2016 Las Vegas to become the new ass. We have not had a repeat ass since the 06 Greenbacks 
lost to the 07 Gulf Coast Collective and then the 08 Orlando Calrissians, that horrid team. So yeah, so 2016 Vegas will be the ass going into the next one of these that I run in probably two months. Okay, all right, now on to the champions match. Here goes. Your challenger from 2016 with an RBA record of, get this, 114 and 48. Almost, well, not really, as good as the uh, Las Vegas effect were bad. That's uh, whatever, 114 and 48, an incredible record. Not far off the all-time record for highest winning percentage in a season. 104.4 average replay wins, 104.4. The Atlanta Avalanche, those 2016 Atlanta Avalanche did win the title that year in the RBA, and their roster looks as follows. Let me, uh, give me a second while I pull it up here. 2016 Atlanta had the following going for them. This was their, hang on, this is what I have for them. Okay, Colin McHugh, and Cody Anderson, Giovanni Gallardo, Cole Hamels, and A.J. Burnett. Um in some order. That was their rotation. And then their lineup against righties. Let me just make sure that I've got this right. Uh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about this. All right. Their lineup against righties was Lorenzo Keynes, Shinsu Chu, Paul Goldschmidt, Yoannis Cespedes, Mike Moustakis, Neil Walker at second base, Brian McCann, and Ian Desmond. Those were your 2016 Atlanta Avalanche. They utterly dominated that regular season. And as I said, took home the title. All right, the defending champion with an RBA record of 53-28. That's right, going back to the old era. 104.1 replay wins. 104.1 to the aforementioned Avalanche from 2016's uh, 104.4. The 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. And here is what they got to parade around the league that year. A rotation. Uh, Verlander and Kershaw, actually, it looks like, uh, yeah, Verlander, Kershaw, Vogel song was actually really good that year. Dan Heron and Irvin Santana, it looks like. And their lineup against right-handed pitchers was as follows. Ben Zobrist, Andrew McCutcheon, Albert Pujols, Mike Napoli, Pablo Sandoval, Daniel Murphy, Yanel Escobar, and Kosuke Fukudome. All right, so here goes. Let's see how this series turned out between two, two super heavyweights. Let's have a look. All right, game one was a, uh, was a barn burner, four to three, with all runs being scored in the first four innings. Four to three was the final, and it was taken by the 2012 Corsairs. Uh, pretty good start by Justin Verlander, and then the lineup, uh, the, uh, what am I trying to say? The bullpen came in and shut shut it down. Uh, Mariano Rivera was the team's closer that year. All right, so Fort Duquesne from 2012 takes game one. Game two, another close one, eight to six, won by the Corsairs. All right, so Rivera gets another save in that game. A couple of home runs, Ben Zobrist and Albert Pujols homered for the home team, and it's, again, it's a two-nothing series lead for the Corsairs. Game three, Atlanta kind of sort of on the ropes down to nothing and they lose game three by a count of 12 to nine the bats came alive but the pitching faltered Giovanni Gallardo gives up six earned runs in six innings uh, Tony Sipp gives up four earned runs in two-thirds of an inning he picked up the uh well he got a a blown save 
and the loss as uh, whew, Vogel's song got battered for the Corsairs, but the team ended up rallying and wins the game 12-9. So we go into game four with a 3 to nothing lead in favor of Fort Duquesne from 2012. And game four was a 7-4 outcome, 7-4 final, won by the 2012 Corsairs. A sweep, a sweep behind Danny Heron and uh, 11 hits apiece for the two teams. But um, it looks to me like the, uh, well, obviously the 2012 Corsairs came out on top. I was looking at some other stats here just now. Not a, not a bad, yeah, not a bad performance by Atlanta in that game really, but but Cole Hamels did not pitch well. He struggled as the starter in that game for the Avalanche. And so we have a sweep. And 2012 Fort Duquesne remains the champion. They will go on to face the winner of the 2017 replays in a couple months from now. Here's, the, here's a brief history of the champions matches. 01 Fort Worth beat 02 Walla Walla. That's Adam over Adam. 01 Fort Worth then lost to 03 Elm Grove. So Elm Grove becomes the new champs. 03 Elm Grove loses to 04 Elm Grove. 04 Elm Grove then beats 05 Arizona and 06 Chicago and 07 Vegas. 04 Elm Grove stays the champ for a while, but they then lose to 08 Buffalo. 08 Buffalo then defeats 09 Dunedin and 2010 Fort Duquesne and 2011 Elm Grove before losing to 2012 Fort Duquesne, who... Uh, Let's see, who then beats 2013 Vegas, 2014 Fort Duquesne, 2015 Dunedin, and now 2016 Atlanta. So very much unlike the uh, the ass matches, the champions matches haven't really featured that many champions. 01 Fort Worth, then 03 Elm Grove for a while, then 08 Buffalo for a while, and now 2012 Fort Duquesne for a while. What's that, four champions? Only four? So... Uh, Anyway, we'll see what the outcome is uh, next time. Uh, we'll talk about the 2017 uh, replays and all that. But there you go. Okay, so let's talk for a minute now about the end of RBA season 2016. Right, the end of 2016. The, uh, the, the league was, the, the transition, the big transition to the modern era was finally over, I would say, by the end of 2016. 2014, we moved from 81 games to 162. And JR started playing the, the games on APBA Baseball. 2015, a few of us coaches started playing our games ourselves. And we introduced cash into the league. And then in 2016, we had our first auction. Okay? So the league was kind of stabilizing, I guess, by this point, you could say. Uh, there was one change in uh, team ownership. The SoCal Templar Knights became the Chicago Wave, or your Chicago wave, as JR likes to say, for one season, for just one season. So JR, um, JR became a, a commissioner owner. Corruption, I tell you, obvious corruption there. I mean, if that's not an, if that's not an obvious case of it, I don't know what is. But anyway, they were Chicago for just the one season. And uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about, really, going from 2016 to 2017. Um, I will spend a lot of time, of course, talking about the 2017 season. Like I said, almost certainly that'll be December's podcast. And that was a very good season for Berea, kind of bringing it full circle with what we uh, started talking about in this episode of Fake Ball. And now it's time to revisit RBA trivia. The question was... 
what were the first four categories of play of play calls on the old RBA program? Here they were. Let's see if anybody remembers these. I actually do. From, uh, from zero to 0.05, the play call was it's deep. From 0.05 to 0.125, five percent to 12 and a half percent, the play call was line drive. From 0.125 to 0.25, the play call was base hit. And from 0.25 or 25% to 40%, the play call was the 3-2 pitch. Now, based upon these numbers and how much they varied, uh, depending on the hitter and depending on the pitcher he was facing, a base hit wasn't always a base hit. It usually was, of course, but not always. And, you know, uh, even a line drive could end up being like a well, in some extreme cases, it could end up being like a like an out. Well, maybe not an out, but it it could be a it could be like a like a soft single or something. Anyway, um, so so yeah, Jr. had his uh, had his program in in operation really all the way up through the 2013 RBA season, and it was fun watching those games, and it was even more fun in a disgusting, revolting sort of way, listening to Jr. announce these games. And that brings me to the final thing that I have for you today. I met, I told you, I teased it at the top of this program. I said that we would we would hear from J.R. Richardson in this uh, episode. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got it. I have I actually have a tape, a recording of J.R. Richardson announcing a uh, uh, we'll call it an RBA playoff game in front of everybody. Here goes. I'm going to hit play right now. Okay, everybody. I'm J.R. Richardson. I suck. I'm a horrible human being. But anyway, you all knew that. Here we go. It's, uh, I don't know, uh, game four. Yeah, it's game four of the 2006 RBA finals between Arizona. That team was really good. And uh, I don't know, uh, Elm Grove. They were always in the finals. Actually, they were that year. So anyway, it's Arizona Elm Grove here. Elm Grove's got a 3-0 lead in the series, but you never know. Those plucky greenbacks could come back. They could win this thing. All right, they're down 3-0 in the series. Unfortunately for them, Elm Grove has a 9-0 lead in game four. It's only the fourth inning, though, so there's a lot of time. There's a lot of time for Arizona to come back. Down 3-0 in the series and 9-0 in game four. Never say never, folks. All right, so here's the thing. Arizona has a runner on first base. Oh my God, they've got a runner on first base. And there's and there's one out. So all kinds of things could happen. Up to bat is Todd Helton. And and here's the pitch. Oh my God, it's a it's a pop-up. Oh, it's a pop-up. Oh, oh my God. Wait, wait. Oh, he, he caught it. He caught the pop-up. He caught it. Oh, okay. Now there are two outs. Oh, there are two. I just had like seven heart attacks. I had, I think I... I think I had a heart attack after every word of that last sentence. I can't take much more of this, folks. I can't take much. And fortunately, folks, the recording ends there. But let, but trust me, and you can ask. You can ask Chad. You can ask Cooper. You can certainly ask Adam. You can ask anybody who was there back then. This is what pretty much every uh, second of the RBA playoffs was like when JR was announcing them. Uh, if you were not around back then, count yourself lucky. Count yourself extremely lucky. Anyway, uh, I can't take any more of that myself. Uh, chances are good you couldn't either, so I'll I'll quit now. And uh, and I will see you all in December. It'll be about a month, 
And when we do so, uh, I will talk to you about RBA 2017. Have a good one, everybody.